The following program is sponsored by Marty McClendon and West Coast Windows. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Well, good morning all across the ACN network. This is Marty McClendon, your host of In My Opinion, heard every Saturday morning all across the ACN network, central and eastern Washington. Uh, I am so grateful to be able to come to you every weekend uh, to bring some news stories, to comment on things, to get your feedback, uh, to kind of just tap into what's going on all across this nation, of course, here in Washington. Um, bless you. Good morning. Uh, I've got a lot to talk about today. i got a really exciting, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a video and a recording um, that I'm really excited of the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. But first, I want to go to um, what we always do today uh, on in this show. Um, you can, we're going to start off with the Word of God, and then we're going to go into the reminders, and then we'll get into the stories of this week, including the audio from Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, his first speech. It's just fantastic. I know you want to listen to it. So today's verse is 1 Peter. That's the book of Peter, 1 Peter Chapter 1, verse 3. And of course, I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. Blessed, gratefully praised, and adored be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. That is, to be reborn from above spiritually, transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose to an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Ah, how cool is that? Uh, that's 1 Peter, verse, uh, 1 Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 3, if I can get this straight this morning. Now, this is obviously, in my opinion, uh, this is my, the show we hear every Saturday morning, and those that tune in on a regular basis, thank you. Those that are brand new to the show, you can listen to the rebroadcast of this show and other shows on any podcasting service, most of them anyway, iTunes, Anchor, Amazon, and so forth. Wherever you get your podcast, you can hear, in my opinion, by Marty McClendon. Or you can hear our other show with Doug Bassler called Doug and Marty versus the World, heard on the same stations at 10 a.m. every Saturday morning. Now, Doug and I have done shows from Salem Radio back in 2014 all the way through our current um, show, and of course this one right now, uh, on my own, doing both. Trying to bring the, the stories of the week or the month and kind of go, well, what's really going on behind the scenes? Whether it be in real estate, whether it be in healthcare, whether it be in politics or the church or culture. And for those that don't know, um, you know, I, uh, 15 years in healthcare for me, my wife's a nurse for 35 years. 25 years in, in real estate, 24 years, I should say. Um, over a decade, 12 years in politics, in, in Washington State politics at just about every level, running for office, serving, leading the party in a county and so forth. Um, and then, of course, uh, healthcare. Healthcare, real estate, culture, and, oh, yeah, and pastoring. Don't forget about that. Uh, behind the pulpit for over a decade as well. I think I was licensed back in 2005. Uh, with the Four Square Church. So that's kind of my background, and I kind of come at things, civic engagement from a Christian perspective, a Christian worldview, if you will. And so as that is a premise for the show, as the sort of the backdrop, if you will, there's a couple stories I wanted to get to before I get to 
um, Congressman Mike Johnson, the congressman from Louisiana, the congressman who is the surprising new Speaker of the House in D.C. The Speaker of the House is the third in line to the president. So this is a very, very big deal. Another big deal, though, before I get there, there was a story that came out this week that you got to know about. It came out and exposed through a FOIA request and through the James Comer in Congress, who's investigating the Biden family and investigating um, the, the political peddling and corruption we've been talking about, right? And Hunter Biden and James Biden and so forth. And then it came out that they have records of 40, that's four zero, 40 FBI informants feeding the FBI um, senior management intel on the Biden crime family. Basically, back from when Joe Biden was vice president all the way to now, they've had 40 separate, 40 different FBI agents reporting on this illegal activity uh, and millions of dollars coming in, the shell companies and so forth. And they've got proof now that the senior management of FBI would shut down every single one. It wouldn't forward it on. They're saying that this proved that the FBI had leverage over Joe Biden as well. You know, they were protecting him, but they were also getting things from him, like attacking his political opponent, Donald Trump. Uh, it's just, uh, I, it's mind-boggling that you have the same FBI that was working with the Obama administration and the Biden administration to work uh, to implant uh, officers with Twitter with Facebook and so forth, to silence conservative speech, to silence or, or um, label as misinformation stories about the Hunter Biden laptop, which we have found out it is true. All of it is true, but we've been lied to and, and orchestrated by this FBI. Now, the same FBI that took uh, what they knew was knowingly false as this... this, uh, uh, this um, Trying to think now, I'm losing the train of thought. But they used a, a false dossier provided to them by the Hillary Clinton campaign. They they used it to falsify and get a FISA warrant to spy on the Trump campaign and start this whole Russia Russia collusion. They impeached the sitting president based on a lie that the FBI was involved in that they knew about while they were keeping silent known corruption with the current president. When he was vice president, when he was out of office, and currently now, this FBI is corrupt. The, the senior management, the one that set Trump up, that recorded conversations, that spied on his campaign, that worked um, with the FISA court to, and with a, a false document, which they knew was false, to launch uh, the impeachment, to carry out all this investigation. Same people that were keeping the information from the American public uh, about Joe Biden. It is a bombshell. And I know sometimes you say bombshell and it's not really. But in this case, this is like that linchpin. And then on top of that this week, James Comer talked about that they found in James Biden's bank account, they got the bank account records from Joe Biden's brother. James Biden wrote a personal check to Joe Biden for $200,000 as a loan repayment. Yeah, there's no record of any loan being done to uh, Jim Biden. Jim Biden got $200,000 from a uh, corporation, a healthcare corporation, that was going bankrupt. 
It was a, the, the last payment of a number of payments they gave Jim Biden, when we'd only know why, because he had the Biden name and their peddling influence. And then he, and the day after he got this $200,000 check, Jim Biden, he turned around and wrote a check for $200,000 to Joe Biden. Why is this important and why does this matter? It matters because this is a direct payment to Joe Biden, proving that he benefited off this political peddling of his entire family, this, this whole racketeering scheme. And they have the financial documents that prove it. Now, the, the left are saying, oh, it's a loan. At the exact same time, that Jim Biden was paying Joe Biden $200,000 that he did not have. He had less than $2,000 in his account until the money came in from this uh, healthcare corporation. And then it went out directly the next day to Joe Biden. Same time, Joe Biden spent over $2 million of cash, which no one knows where it came from, to buy his beach house. There, it, this stinks. And I'm, I'm there's the, they, James Comer said there will be criminal referrals. Now, what happens if, if you have the left still in power in the presidency, uh, the majority, or not, doesn't have? What, what I'm saying is, yes, not a lot will happen while their majority is there. Even if there's criminal charges that are referred, uh, the left will try to downplay these. But this is a tie in the news, if you will, or linking the dots, connecting the dots of, of proving without a shadow of doubt that Joe Biden and his family have been using uh, their political clout to shake down world leaders and, and they're compromised. And when you have the commander in chief compromised in this nation, it makes us less safe. But, but in light of that, it, it goes, oh, that would make sense. If you're compromised by China and Russia and other nations like that, and now as president, you're doing favor uh, favorable things for them, you know, paying off Iran, uh, working with China, looking the other way, not talking about the, the human atrocities. Well, they probably have leverage on you, just like the FBI has leverage on the president and his family. This is all scary stuff. This is Banana Republic stuff, and something to be aware of. And that's, that's why the Speaker of the House thing is so important. Before I get to that part as well, there's, there's this, I, there's this um, just a couple of days ago, there, uh, Joe Biden and the administration sent um, fighter jets over to bomb in Syria. There's the ongoing um, skirmish, if well, war between Hamas and Israel and, and Hezbollah that, that attacked mercilessly against Israel, unprovoked. Israel's now defending themselves and trying to root out these things, and they're getting interference from the U.S. government, Joe Biden administration, but we're seeing uh, um, proxy wars being done in Northern Africa. We're seeing the, the Russia-Ukrainian thing. We see partnerships with China and Russia and Iran, uh, sort of the axis of evil, including North Korea. Think about all this that in context to where we are. So we're hearing war, rumors of wars and wars, right? We're being intentionally scared. We're the, all the propaganda, right? This, this smacks of uh, propaganda from dictatorships or communist regimes around the world. And if you have a compromised president that's indebted to these communist regimes, we're scary. Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, focus, but they're talking about the fact that over 6 million, 3 to 6 million people, illegal immigrants, have gone across the border in the last three years. 
they found a factory in California that was full of um, altered uh, chemicals that could be used for a chemical attack and rats that were um, genetically modified to spread disease. It was a cell, a sleeper cell in California designed to attack America on American soil. So be praying, be vigilant, make sure that you uh, get firearm training as well. If that's where you want to, where you're going. All of this though is, is, is because of the people in charge. We need to replace. That's why elections are so important. That's why your ballot on this in your mailbox, or if you haven't voted yet, vote, please. This is the, they call an off year election. This is where you lay the bench. The foundation, the school boards, city councils, county councils, and so forth. Turn in your vote. It matters. It really, really matters. Now, with the rest of the show, I want you to listen to this speech. And if I have time at the end, I'm going to comment on it. But um, Congressman Mike Johnson, and a, a conservative Christian from Louisiana, has served for about 10 years in or nine years in the Congress low-ranking, doesn't lead any committees, very conservative, very faithful with God. Uh, And up until this point, no one knew who he was nationwide. He is not spoken. He isn't flashy like like some like Matt Gaetz or Jim Jordan or whatever. This whole rigmarole around um, factions trying to find out who would be Speaker of the House. Now, I was all for Matt Gaetz in the group saying we need to have accountability, making the action. And of course, then they... Um, Kevin McCarthy steps down for those that don't remember. He said, I'm not going to run again. Steve Scalise, his right-hand man, is nominated by the committee, the conference, the Republicans together, couldn't get 217 votes. So he backed out. And then, and then Jim Jordan uh, jumped back in. Jim Jordan was endorsed by President Trump. Jim Jordan, strong conservative, leads the Judiciary Committee. We thought, okay, he's going to get it. He had he went through three separate votes and still fell short. <laughs> the conference voted him out of nomination. Now, they gave McCarthy 15 times. They only gave um, Jim Jordan three times. I don't know if he would have got it in more times, but the point is it's not fair. Turns out that the entire time it was Kevin McCarthy that was torpedoing his anybody else that wanted to be speaker. Uh, it was Kevin McCarthy trying to do write-in votes to knock off Scalise, to knock off Jim Jordan, and to knock off the next guy, which was a guy named Emmert, but that was, uh, Trump said, is not a good guy, and, and Trump torpedoed that one. But the entire time, it was Kevin McCarthy who was butthurt that he was ousted, was trying to keep anybody else from getting in, and therefore delaying things um, so that it looked really bad, right? He was, it, it's, it's personal attacks. So I was really disappointed in Kevin McCarthy, I, I was, um, I understand it's not cool. Has a thing with Matt Gates. I understand those two shouldn't be fighting, but it's affecting um, support for Israel. It's, uh, it's 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 affecting everything. So, okay, that said, out of the blue, uh, Mike Johnson is nominated, and this and it comes down to he had no enemies. He had been serving a godly Christian life, serving in the House. And the moderates like him, the conservatives like him. No one had a bad word to say about this gentleman. And so when he was nominated, it came down to all but about eight votes for him. This is the inside uh, story on this, too. And it turns out that those eight votes were Kevin McCarthy again trying to scuttle it. And through a a, um, series of um, 
basically Robert's rules of orders in the House. They called for a roll call vote, which means everybody had to do an aye or nay versus a private by a secret ballot vote. And when they did that, he was voted in unanimously. And so here's an outspoken Christian guy who was voted in unanimously. And part of it was because of this turmoil and the, the factions in the House that the, the rhinos, the mainstreamers, or whatever you call them, the conservatives that could not agree upon a candidate or about anything. And you have one guy who strong on his values that no one had a bad thing to say about and they all agreed upon. I think it's just, it's a way God moves. He, he, God chose somebody, prepared him for a time such as this, quietly serving, not flashy, that no one knew about, and when it came down to it, he's the perfect guy to be elevated into the position, the third position from the president, president, vice president, speaker of the house. That is Mike Johnson. So I want you to hear him from his own words, and then I'll comment at the end. To my colleagues, I, I want to thank you all for the trust that you have instilled in me to lead us in this historic and unprecedented moment that we're in. The challenge before us is great. But the time for action is now, and I will not let you down. All right, say so it plugs it in. Of course, there's always a commercial in the middle of what I'm trying to share it with. That's the great thing about YouTube. So let me see if I can fix this real quick, and then I'll bring it right back to you when it's ready. So anyway, uh, he's got a great speaking voice. He's very uh, just um, low-key and comfortable. I just love that. And here we go, back to him again. Here we go. I want to say to the American people, on behalf of all of us here, we hear you. We know the challenges you're facing. We, we know that, uh, that there's a lot going on in our country, domestically and abroad, and we are ready to get to work again to solve those problems, and we will. Our mission here is to serve you well, to restore the people's faith in this house, in this great and essential institution. My, my dad, it was mentioned my dad was a firefighter. He was an assistant chief uh, the fire department in my hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana, a little town in northwest Louisiana. On September 17, 1984, when I was 12 years old, he was critically uh, burned and permanently disabled in the line of duty. All I ever wanted to be when I grew up was the chief of the fire department in Shreveport. Um, but after the explosion on that fateful day, he nearly died, and it was a long road back, and it changed all of our life trajectories. I'm the oldest of four kids. And, and my dad, um, he lived with pain all the rest of his life, for decades more. And I lost my dad to cancer three days before I got elected to Congress, three days. And he wanted to be there um, at my election night so badly. Um, I'm the first college graduate in my family. This was a big deal to him. And um, so several weeks after that, it was early 2017, 2017, uh, it was my freshman term. And, and um, it, it fell to me to be in the rostrum one night to serve here as Speaker Pro Tem. I thought that was a big deal until I figured out that's what you do for freshmen late at night. <laughs> and I, I want to, I think if my memory serves, Miss Jackson Lee was, um, was winding down one of her long, eloquent speeches. <laughs> and not, not that I was not in, enraptured by her speech, but I, I looked, up, looked up at the top in, in the chamber there and I saw the face of Moses staring down. And um, I just felt in that moment the weight of this place, right? The, the history that is revered here and the future that we are called to forge. And I really was just kind of almost overwhelmed with emotion. 
It occurred to me in that moment, it had been several weeks and I had not had an opportunity yet to grieve my dad's passing and, and um, I just had this sense that, that somehow he knew. And, and I had tears come to my eyes and I was standing here and I'm wiping them away and then it suddenly occurs to me, the late night C-SPAN viewers are going to think something's very wrong with the new young congressman from Louisiana. It, it wasn't Sheila's speech, I'm sorry. I, I just knew in that moment that my, my, my dad, my father, would be, would be proud of me, and I felt that he was. And, and I think all of our parents are proud of what we're called to do here. I think all the American people at one time had great pride in this institution, but right now, um, that's in jeopardy. And we have a challenge before us right now to rebuild and restore that trust. This is a, a beautiful country. It's the beauty of America that allows a a firefighter's kid like me to come here and serve in this sacred chamber where great men and women have served before all of us and strive together to build and then preserve what Lincoln did refer to as the last best hope of man on earth. We stand at a very dangerous time. I'm stating the obvious. We all know that. The world is in turmoil. But a strong America is good for the entire world. Amen. Come on. We, we are the beacon of freedom, and we must preserve this grand experiment in self-governance. It still is. We're only 247 years into this grand experiment. We don't know how long it will last, but we do know that the founders, to take, the founders told us to take good care of it. I want to tell all my colleagues here what I told the Republicans in that room last night. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I, I believe that Scripture, the Bible, is <clears throat> very clear. That, that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. And, and I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. This is my belief. I believe that each one of us has a huge responsibility today to use the gifts that God has given us to serve the extraordinary people of this great country, and they deserve it, and to ensure that our republic remains standing as the great beacon of light and hope and freedom in a world that desperately needs it. It was in 1962, in 1962, that, that our national motto, In God We Trust, was adorned above this rostrum. And if you look at the little uh, guide that they give uh, tourists and constituents who come and, and, and visit the house, if you turn in there to about page 14 in the middle of that guide, it tells you the history of this. And it says very simply, these words were placed here above us. This motto was placed here as a rebuke of the Cold War era philosophy of the Soviet Union. That philosophy was Marxism and communism, which begins with the premise that there is no God. This is a critical distinction that is also articulated in our nation's birth certificate. We know the language well, the famous second paragraph that we used to have children memorize in school, and, and they don't do that so often anymore, but they should. G.K. Chesterton was the famous British philosopher and statesman, and he said one time, America is the only nation in the world that is founded upon a creed. And he said it's listed with almost theological lucidity in the Declaration of Independence. What is our creed? We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, not born equal, created equal. 
and they are endowed by the, the same inalienable rights, with the same inalienable rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That is the, that is the creed that has animated our nation since its founding, that has made us the great nation that we are. And we're in a time of extraordinary crisis right now. And the world needs us to be strong. They need us to remember our creed and our admonition. Turmoil and violence have rocked the Middle East and Eastern Europe. We all know it. And tensions continue to build in the Indo-Pacific. The country demands strong leadership of this body. And we must not waver. Our, our, our nation's greatest ally in the Middle East is under attack. The first bill that I'm going to bring to this floor in just a little while will be in support of our dear friend Israel, and we're overdue in getting that done. We're going to show not only Israel, but the entire world, that the barbarism of Hamas that we have all seen play out on our television screens is wretched and wrong, and we are going to stand for the good in that conflict. We, we have a catastrophe at our southern border. The Senate and the White House can no longer ignore the problem. From Texas to New York, wave after wave of illegal migrants are stressing our communities to their breaking points. We, we know that our streets are being flooded with fentanyl, and all of our communities, children, and even adults are dying from it. The status quo is unacceptable. Inaction is unacceptable, and we must come together and address the broken border. We have to do it. So good. The skyrocketing cost of living is unsustainable, and Americans should not have to worry about how they're going to feed their family every week because they can't afford their groceries anymore. Everybody in this room should think about this. Here's the stats. Prices have increased over 17% in the last two years. Credit card interest rates are at the highest level in nearly three decades, and mortgage rates are now at a peak we haven't seen since 2001. We have to bring relief to the American people by reining in federal spending and bringing down inflation. The, the greatest threat to our national security is our nation's debt. And while we've been sitting in this room, that's right, the, the debt has crossed almost $33.6 trillion. And the time that it's going to take me to, to deliver this speech will go up another $20 million in debt. It's unsustainable. We have to get the country back on track. Now, we know this is not going to be an easy task, and tough decisions will have to be made. But the consequences, if we don't act now, are unbearable. We have a duty to the American people to explain this to them so they understand it well. And we are going to establish a bipartisan debt commission to begin working on this crisis immediately. Immediately. It's only the Republicans standing. We all know that we also live in a time of bitter partisanship. It was noted. And it's been on display here today, right? When our people are losing their faith in government, when, when, when they're losing sight of the principles that made us the greatest nation in the history of the world, I think we've got to be mindful of that. We're going to fight. We're going to fight uh, vigorously over 
our core principles because they're at odds a lot of times now in this modern era. We have to sacrifice sometimes our preferences because that's what's necessary in a legislative body. But we will defend our core principles to the end. In his farewell address, thank you. In his farewell address, President uh, Reagan uh, explained the secret of his rapport with people. And, and I like to paraphrase his explanation all the time. He said, you know, they call me the great communicator, but I really wasn't that. He said, I was just communicating great things, and they're the same great things that they've guided our nation since its founding. What are those great things? I call them the seven core principles of American conservatism, but let me concede to you all, I think it's really quintessentially the core principles of our nation. I boil them down to individual freedom, limited government, the rule of law, peace through strength, fiscal responsibility, free markets, and human dignity. Those, those are the foundations that made us the extraordinary nation that we are. And you and I today are the stewards of those principles. The things that have made us the freest, most powerful, most successful nation in the history of the world. The things that have made us truly exceptional. In this time of great crisis, it is our duty to work together as previous generations of well, there you go. I, I just wanted you to hear from the new Speaker of the House. I'm encouraged. He's bold in his faith. He's laying out the principles of our conservative-ism. Uh, I'm encouraged to see the beginning of this, and I'm giving all glory to God because only God could have raised someone that was so low-ranking that no one knew about to the third highest position in America. So, I want to praise God. Thank you for tuning in to In My Opinion. I'm your host, Marty McClendon. And if they can raise up Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, he can raise up you where you're at, me where I'm at, and so forth. So I'll talk to you all next week. Take care. God bless and God bless America. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God